It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast presented by Arizona Lottery. Uh, uh, don't forget to get out and buy your holiday scratchers with John Schuster, Ben White. I am Mike Luke. Hello, fellas. How you doing? I think is your heart beating? Is your heart beating fast, guys? <laughs> uh, that one, guys. All right, we we got a lot to get to here. First of all, the YouTube thumbnail went out. My bad, Gunnar Maldonado. Um, this was a game for the ages from a defensive player. We're gonna get to all of the stuff, but man, he really turned this game on its heel. Three forced turnovers. The Arizona defense, when the offense was struggling, certainly uh, had its um certainly did its part as well. But shoot, this was one of those wild performances for a ten win season that I can remember. Uh, yeah, without uh, unquestionably, and there's, and it was a. This is going to be a fun post game show because there's so much that you can break down with the ebb and flow of this broadcast, and I think in a microcosm, it gives us an idea of why Arizona is an attractive program on the rise, but still at the same time, where Arizona ultimately needs to what, what Arizona needs to do. There's still work to be done for Arizona to get to where it wants to be, but. The resilience in tonight's performance, I think, makes them extraordinarily attractive. And Wildcat fans, for the rest of your life, you will see the Maldonado fumble recovery for a touchdown as a highlight uh, that leads into Arizona's uh, you, you know, football highlight package from this point on. That unquestionably changed uh, the course of the game uh, in, a, in a matchup where Arizona was in deep trouble. If that play doesn't happen, it's we're probably talking about a very different game. But uh, Wildcat resiliency was outstanding, and their ability to force the turnovers that they did uh, kept them in the game against what I think up and down the roster is a better opponent, uh, and a better opponent that came to play. Right. Uh, so those are those are very important things in bowl games, and I think uh, you, you know Arizona tonight. If recruits were watching, even if they're not necessarily recruits this year. Uh, if they're looking at this bowl matchup, I think Arizona improved its attractiveness factor uh, significantly by virtue of tonight's performance. And uh, hopefully this is a harbinger of positive years uh, ahead and a great way to close out the campaign. Ben, where do you want to start? You can go anyway. You can go anywhere you want right here. Again, we will be apologizing throughout the show. I will be apologizing throughout the show to Gunnar Maldonado. But Ben White. Um, where to start, man? I think you got to start with this defense, right? Because just given the way that Oklahoma was playing there early in the, in the first half and Arizona as well, it just, it looked like it could get ugly pretty quickly. Uh, Oklahoma was dominating Arizona's offensive line. They had struggles all night protect, uh, protecting Noah Fafita, definitely probably his most rattled performance for sure. But 
the fact that OU goes on what a 24 point run and then Arizona rallies, right? You see some of those big turnovers. They go on a 25 point run, Mike. They force six turnovers. Gunner Maldonado, are you freaking kidding me? What the guy did throughout the game and just some of Arizona's timely turnovers. And I mean, it really looked like the Desert Swarm defense running out there, Mike. They were aggressive, they were hitting hard. Martel Irby uh, forced two fumbles as well. And this defense was just all over the field. It's remarkable. It really I, is. I, I got it. And I got to give the defense a lot of credit, obviously, because again, um, the offense. The offense was kind of hit or miss. Obviously, the offensive line struggled a great deal throughout the game. We're gonna get we're gonna get to that. But um, the uh, the offense gets out starts out fairly fast. Obviously, you get up to the thirteen uh, nothing lead. Then Oklahoma comes back. They go up two scores. Then Arizona off of the turnover, and then Noah Fafita, as he has shown before, has a flair for the big moment. But this was the game. Like in a lot of these games, shoe Arizona just kind of smacked teams around during this winning streak. Whether that was UCLA, whether that was um, yeah, up ASU. and down the roster. Yeah, up there, and down there, the there roster. Plenty of, there, there were plenty of games, Mike, where Arizona wore out the opposition, and today it looked like it was working in the other direction. This was absolutely one of those games that worked in the other direction, and these are the games that we're generally used to Arizona losing. Um, and it felt like, well, it's probably going to happen again. We've got a 9-4 and four season, and then Arizona just came back, and they uh, – they just smacked Oklahoma. I'm kind of at a loss for words as to how this happened. Well, in fairness, I, I think a couple things happened. Uh, Arizona got fortunate, uh, which is okay. In college football, you get, you, you get fortunate. You get a little momentum in your favor. When era, Because if Oklahoma – remember, that Maldonado fumble recovery happens at, what, the 15-yard line? Mm-hmm. And, and that play was, what, a 12-yard pickup if it's completed? And Oklahoma's marching down the field. Right. If Oklahoma scores on that possession, the game is over. They were the better team from in quarter two and quarter three, and it looked like they were kind of going to be able to coast because Fafito and Arizona's offense wasn't going to have enough firepower with the issues that they had on the front line to be able to rally from three scores down. However, when that play happened, it changed the entire dynamic because now it's a one-score game and you're forcing the freshman quarterback who hasn't played in a game to be uncomfortable again because he has to make plays. And I think Arizona then was very good at putting pressure on him, then forced a couple more turnovers in the fourth quarter, and it started to steamroll against Oklahoma. It was an interesting game with ebbs and flows, and I think a lot of resiliency both ways. Because coming into this game, I think one of the discussions was, remember, Arizona was a favorite coming into this game. And I think a lot of the reason that Arizona was a favorite is because Oklahoma's, you know, quarterback is, you know, since transferred, you get one of those situations where you're playing the backup and you, it's a wild card. You don't know exactly what's going to happen. And in the first, what, 10 to 12 minutes of this game, it looks like Arizona's going to win by 30. Right. And, and, yeah. and then Oklahoma, so Oklahoma could have packed it in. Just given up, just gone through the motions, yeah, whatever, went on the championship game, no big deal. It's just another bowl game. You regroup next year, doesn't matter. We've seen a lot of teams from major programs do that. It's annoying as crap, but a lot of teams in major programs and bowl games have done that. Oklahoma did not. And, and then they made, I thought, great adjustments, took advantage of Jordan Morgan not being on the offensive line for Arizona for a while. Morgan's absence was Oklahoma's MVP. Because once they figured out how to frustrate Fafita, it changed the entire dynamic of the game. And it looked like 
Oklahoma's better players up and down the roster were going to lead to a fairly comfortable win. And then Arizona was able to show its resiliency with uh, multiple turnovers that changed the complexion in the fourth quarter and, and, and gave the Cats an exciting win that gives them the opportunity to propel things to even better heights. And Ben, I got to give a lot of credit here to Jed Fish and staff because, again, as we we're talking, it was a tough, it was a rough day for the offensive line. Uh, there was no doubt about it. Jed Fish, uh, he moved Joe, uh, excuse me, moved Borjan out, and then he brought in uh, Leif Magnuson, our guy, Leif Magnuson, Quinn Magnuson. Shout out to you. Um, and that obviously helped a little bit. Also, another move too. Martel Irby. Every, they were showing him he was mic'd up before the game. Martel Irby, UCLA transfer, came here as a, uh, or obviously went into college as a running back. He had another. He, he had two huge force turnovers as well. This was really again as much uh, as much kudos as the offense has gotten this season. This has been a team effort across the board, and the defense has been a massive reason why. And the defense is a huge reason as to why Arizona won this game. Defense is the reason why Arizona won this game. I mean, at one point, I think halfway through the third quarter, just looking at what Arizona was doing offensively, only having 92 yards of offense. And at that point, I think Oklahoma had close to 380, something along those lines. And to your point, right, it just wasn't easy because the offensive line was blown up all game because Jordan Morgan was not playing. You had Polito and some other guys out of position, uh, not playing the positions they're accustomed to. So they had some struggles. And as a result, Arizona just couldn't run the ball early on. I thought that was a big factor, too, in the fact that it was hard to get Wiley going. It was hard to get Coleman going and Williams going. So Arizona had to resort to the passing game. That threw them off for a good majority of that game, especially in the first half after that first possession where they looked lights out. And you know what? Turnovers are your friend, man. You force six turnovers. You come up with it from a timely perspective. That Maldonado return changed everything because it just created a level of energy and momentum behind Arizona, and it allowed their offense to have some time, yeah. and it took pressure off of them to a point where Fafita looked a lot more comfortable. Uh, they were able to get the ball out a lot more quickly, and as a result, Arizona was able to move the, down the field a lot easier. So defense to offense, man, that's the story of the game tonight. All right, everybody is asking for my apology to Gunnar Maldonado. We have been doing this throughout the season, but you know what? Sometimes written words can be a little hollow when you can actually verbalize it themselves. You are all right. My bad, Gunnar Maldonado. You are a Division One athlete, a high-level Division One athlete. I am not a high-level Division One athlete. I can never do this right here. All of you... I apologize if I led any of you astray. Gunnar Maldonado now goes into the Pella Larson camp of bad <laughs> Mike Luke calls, but to quote the great Nipsey Hussle, one of John Schuster's favorite uh, artists, what I do is I hustle and I motivate. That's what I do. That's what I'm about. All right, I want to talk about Fafita here for a second as well. Um, he was under duress. What I... What really, I think, gave me a lot of hope, not that we didn't already have it, about him going forward is he didn't have his best game. There's no doubt about it. He he missed some throws that he normally makes in his sleep. He was under, uh, he was being harassed the entire game. But man, there's still something about this dude when he gets the ball, when he's got to be able to drive the ball, when he's got to be able to get it into the end zone. He has a clutch factor that you just really can't, you just really can't, uh, Quite quantify there, John Schuster. It's an excellent point in that, uh, what, what was it, 24-24 with nine minutes to go? Yeah. 
And it was one of those situations where it's like, you know, uh, there I, I think there was some debate there. Should Oklahoma go forward on fourth down at about midfield? It was fourth and four, something like that. They decided to punt. Not a bad decision. And the punt was great. It pinned Arizona deep. Nine minutes to go. Your defense has been pretty good. I, I absolutely understand the move. And uh, Fafita made, you know, it was an opportunity for him. It's like, all right, if this guy's legit, you got it right in front yeah. of you. What are you going to do? And he did. First play from scrimmage. Oklahoma has all kinds of pressure on him, three guys in the backfield, and he he scoots out for about a seven-yard rush game, which he hadn't done throughout a good portion of the night, and that allowed Arizona to get ahead of the chains, and then they were able to make a couple big throws. He uh, he made some great throws. I think the play calls in those situations were outstanding, and uh, it opened up opportunities for Arizona to turn the tide. So it's an interesting game with some great moments. And it depends on where Arizona's trajectory is from this point on. Uh, how some of these, whether we, we remember them as fond one-offs or whether we remember them as being, in essence, the trampoline for yeah. what became an Arizona program that's very different than what we have understood up to this point. Consider... And they mentioned this on the ESPN broadcast. I know a lot of the fans are aware of this. This is the fourth time in program history that Arizona's won 10 games? Consider the team that they played tonight has probably had, what, seven or eight, ten win seasons in the, in the last, last decade? Years. Yeah. yeah. Right, so right. so it's an entirely different animal where, you're, where you are in the football pecking order. As we understand, Arizona was so far down. And coming up with a win like this is a big deal. And there were two, there, there were a couple sequences that I think give you a good feeling about maybe what could be based on how history plays this out. One is obviously the Maldonado play that changes the entire complexion of the game. That play, I think, will be a notch be below Chuck Cecil in Arizona highlight lore. Mm -hmm. But Fafita's drive with nine minutes left uh, is also something that I think a lot of Wildcat fans are going to remember, understandably and rightfully, for a long time. Ben One White. I, I would second all of that. And I thought the way Fafita looked in that second half really shows the type of player he is and the fact that everything was going wrong. I mean, we talked all year about when is that freshman moment going to come? When is he going to see some hiccups? And it was ironically enough tonight, but it didn't seem to matter because he was resilient. He bounced back. He found Jacob Cowing for two touchdowns. And uh, obviously the connection with T-Mac is just special. I mean, from a raw talent perspective, as we've talked about with T-Mac, I mean, he is he is lights out, man. He jumps off off that screen. And Arizona did a great job of, of scheming its receivers and, and getting them open. And a lot of those guys, I think, took advantage of some of those matchups in the secondary, you know, where conversely on the defensive end, Arizona had issues because Price Lock went out with an injury. Um, and you just saw some other challenges, Davis as well, early on. But it didn't seem to matter, right? Arizona has done a great job this year, Mike, I think, of rotating different guys, as we've talked about. And when you rotate a number of different guys, freshmen all the way up to senior, it's going to pay off because you don't know what your cards are going to be dealt. You don't know what you're going to run into. And when you have guys ready to step in and make plays and be aggressive and swarm to the ball, which is what they did defensively tonight, good things are going to happen. And you saw it today. All right, we need to get to Jacob Cowing. We're going to talk about him and T-Mac. Very good. Again, we rely on your comments because I'm a scatterbrain, as almost all of you know. I get excited. I forget what I'm going to do. That's why I rely on these two gents right here, and I rely on all of you. But every now and then, I get something right. 
And if you're going to say, listen, Mike, I want to make some money here, go to the BetMGM Sportsbook app. Check it out. Again, you will thank me later. That's what I always say, and I mean it. Again, sign up for BetMGM. Use bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app of at least $10. If that bet loses, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled. Check out the show notes for details. As I told you, take the over five wins. And that heck, maybe if you even got an adjusted spread at nine, you could be uh, you could be making that John Schuster money. Let's hear Shane Diefenbach with a disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y 467-369-NEW YORK. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. All right, now one other thing, the Arizona Lottery. Speaking of making money, Arizona Lottery, check it out. Go out and buy your holiday scratchers today. Find a retailer like our good friends at Circle K near you at ArizonaLottery.com. You must be 21 years or older to enjoy responsibly. Put down $1 and you can get $500,000 back. That is how fun it is. All right, now Jacob Cowing, great point in there. we got to get to Jacob Cowing and T-Mac. What really I think made this offense go, besides the fact that Noah Fafita is obviously very good, is that these two wide receivers, I think you saw the bol- the best of both of them in this game tonight. T-Mac, obviously, you can just go down the field and basically throw it up and he can catch it. He's somebody that we really haven't seen around here before. And then Jacob Cowing, the way that he catches the ball and then that explosion, that burst, when he was able to run down and he became a touchdown machine this year. Shoo, I always thought that, and again, I know you loathe comparisons. I love comparisons, as we all know. I always thought Dennis Northcutt and Jeremy McDaniel was the best receiving duo that I've seen in school history. This this is right there. It's probably better. I mean, they are a real, this is a receiver unit that could start at Alabama, that could start at anywhere that's how good these guys are at the very least and the better and the the good news regardless of where they're starting they're starting at arizona and uh you you know it's gone a long way toward uh giving the offense uh a little bit of explosiveness on a team that i think is as i've suggested uh does a lot of things well and nothing great but tonight you know, they were up against it and had to do some great things and get some explosive plays offensively, and they were able to deliver. Uh, so uh, that was Fafita's ability to connect has been uh, very good with that wide receiver core. And, uh, you know, we got this. Those guys had to make some pretty significant plays tonight. And, uh, you know, against an Oklahoma uh, defense that was clearly uh, keying on them, uh, it was not easy, but they were able to uh, make some of the plays necessary to keep things going and give Arizona an opportunity. Right. Ben one white. Yeah. I mean, uh, cowing was huge. And I think when you look at some of the passes, right, especially early on, you thought, Oh my goodness, Arizona's going to have a tough time getting the ball down the field. I think Noah missed a couple of wide open passes there, especially on third down, but, but cowing really does have the ability and he has a knack for getting on spots to the field where maybe defenses aren't anticipating. And what I mean by that is, you know, that touchdown where, you know, he essentially gave Arizona the lead, right? I mean, I don't think anybody really saw that coming on the Oklahoma side. And, you know, I think you have to keep an eye out for a guy like him and just what he did tonight was special. And again, when you have a 
basically a trio of of Cowing and T-Mac and the guys you have in your backfield, it's it's really hard to st- slow down Arizona, what they're trying to do offensively. And, you know, I thought he was, you know, totally spot on with what he was doing in terms of running routes and, and attacking that defense because Arizona was getting pushed around, you know, for the good majority of that game. And they found a way to overcome. And Cowing was a huge reason for that. He was a huge reason for it. Also, I want to talk a little bit about what this means overall, that 10 win. We're going to get back to the game. Then we're going to look forward. We're going to be going all over here. 10 wins is a massive deal. Now, again, um, Ben, you weren't alive for some of this. Schuster, you certainly were alive for this. Um, but listen, with uh, with the Desert Swarm teams, um, the, the team that beat Miami in the Fiesta Bowl, when it came back the next year, you always were going to have questions about the offense. They were kind of snake bit in that following season. Didn't really live up to the hype. Obviously, 99 did not live up to the hype as well. Um, this feels different to me. Uh, Rich Rod with the 10 win. That was fantastic. Very, very cool. Get all that. That didn't, that felt like a really good season. Shu, this feels like you're just getting started. Again, I get that Oklahoma, oh, you can tell you can slap me around in just a second. I get Oklahoma is, um, you know, they were missing players, but when Takario Davis went out for Arizona, that was obviously a big loss. When you lose the guy who leads the nation in pass deflections, six foot three, going to be in the NFL. Jordan Morgan, we saw what it means for a first round pick. The O line is probably going to be something that you got to address to a certain degree in the offseason. But Schuster, this feels like this is going up. This isn't just going to be yeah. petering out. Yeah, and that and, and that's overall the good news. It doesn't fit. And, and we talked a little bit about this, I think, earlier in this season in one of these post game shows, where 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 one of the things about Fish's stay. I think. I, I think Mike, you brought this up to some degree. Where with Stoops, you had a feeling that Arizona had plateaued, even though they had some good seasons. With Rodriguez, you had a feeling that maybe Arizona had plat. There, there was a plateauing point for all of these coaches. But it doesn't feel like Fish has necessarily plateaued yet, which is excellent news, especially when you're yeah. coming off a ten-win campaign yeah. and what seven wins in a row. Uh, and uh, and and again, an Oklahoma team that came to play. Yeah, you know, there were a lot. Of, they there, wanted to win this game. Certain, they yeah. did. And 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 I don't know if we can emphasize that enough at 10 nothing when Arizona was punching them around in a lot of these kinds of bowl games this could be 30 nothing where the other team just doesn't care and puts in the motions. Oklahoma yeah. did not do that. Right. And then and then in the process and I think it's something that's interesting and something that Arizona recognizes that it's going to need to address. At full strength, Arizona even though they're a 10 win football team does not have Oklahoma talent. And that and and there's a stepping stone process to a lot of this. And the stepping stone for Arizona has been very effective to go from division one team number 105 to division one team number 55 to maybe division one team number 15. But the move from 15 to 10, from 10 to eight, from eight to elite becomes significantly more difficult. And I think what we saw tonight, especially in the second quarter and the third quarter, is that Oklahoma has better talent than Arizona does player for player, which is understand that's not a bad thing at all. Jed Fish is three years into this process. And Mike, as you noted, losing Morgan is immense. 
And Arizona was, and, and the reason that Fafita had an off game is simple. It's not because he doesn't have skilled wide receivers or, you know, some solid running backs. Their offensive line was crushed tonight. And, that's, and that to me is that to me where um, I, I agree with you. And I, but here's to me, I think Arizona's starting 22 is actually very comparable to Oklahoma. I think where it gets different though, where it gets dicey is after that, the depth getting out, getting into that second, that third layer. That's to me where that to well, me okay. is where. Okay. Yeah. That's but if that's different. if that's the difference, then right. that's also the difference from being a top 15 team to being top 10 and right. top eight and legitimately elite. Right. Oklahoma, who which is a storied program that has what now in its second incarnation, 30 years of success, yeah. is supposed to have 70 players on the roster who are great. And 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 they do. I mean, you know, they're obviously at the second tier and the third tier better at this stage than Arizona. So the cats obviously need to work on some depth. They're moving clearly in a good direction. Now, that's a roundabout way of mentioning what it is that Arizona has to do. And and it's not like this is news to anybody. And I think tonight's performance helped because it showed that Arizona had one great offensive lineman that went a long way toward giving them an opportunity, and they had a very opportunistic defense against maybe some offenses in the Pack x that had a fair amount of inconsistency and certainly did not have the skill set that Oklahoma does. Outside of USC, there isn't a team in the conference that matches what Oklahoma has from an offensive standpoint. Keep in mind, we're talking about an Arizona defense that won Arizona this game and gave up nearly 600 yards. So Oklahoma is with a backup quarterback. Uh, So, you know, they're, and, and, and a running back who looked like he was playing on a leg and a half in the last quarter and a half. So, you know, I'm not, there is the point here. Isn't that that what Arizona did tonight. Isn't incredible. I think you're going to favorably argue. And perhaps as this show progresses, that this is a top three or top four win in program history. But the way that it happened also gives you an opportunity when you go back and look at the video and kind of move away from what it was that Arizona does have work to do to get to the next level. And that's great because, you know, when you get on this role, there seems to be kind of this weird wildcat arrogance about how this U of A football program is going to march into a new conference and just dominate. And it's like, wait a minute, whoa, 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 wait a minute. There's still some work to do here. And, and and I thought this was this was a good reminder of that, which is fantastic. They know they've got to work on the line on both sides. And that's a that's a great thing. Skill players, so that's a great thing. Depth is necessary. That's a that's a great thing. So so in addition to Arizona getting the win, they also learned, I think, some valuable lessons in the process. All right, we got the snoopers, the super snaps or the super chats coming in. Eric Zimmerman, thanks for all the great coverage this year. Hardest working crew in sports. It's the most enjoyable Arizona football season I've experienced in 40 years. Eric. You are the man. We appreciate it. We got another one of these ones uh, coming in as well. Uh, let's see here. Have some Del Taco, fellas. I went out and got Del Taco. During halftime, I went out. I got two double Dells, and I got the carne asada fries. I posted videos just so that people knew that this actually was occurring. Now, as far as Arizona, oh, thank you, boys, for the uh, co- coverage all season. Bear down and Merry Christmas. Appreciate you as well. Appreciate the kind words. Ben, um, I think with this squad, though, 10 wins, that's just, that's just immense. And I think you're, you're positioned favorably to be able to go in to the Big 12. And again, not do- dominate yeah. or anything, but you're going to be able to, I think, compete for a title 
and, and you know, and, and, and listen, I think when it comes to this game and this victory and, and all, everything Shu said is spot on for the most part, but I think myself and a lot of fans, just given everything you've watched here over the last couple hours, I don't really care how it happened. I care that they won. If Arizona won based off four special teams touchdowns today, I wouldn't really care. The fact that you won 10 games, the fact that you can reflect and think to yourself, oh my goodness. This program was in shambles two years ago. They had one win. They had no foundation. They had no right. direction. And everything you've done up to this point is remarkable. And I think it's important just to soak in that moment and understand that, hey, this football program was rock bottom. It was arguably one of the worst, if not the worst, Division One program in college football just two years ago. So I think it's I think it encompasses just everything that they've gone through and and the way you won tonight defensively. I mean, how many people really saw this defense playing the way it did this year? I mean, come on. Last year, it was one of the worst defenses in, in the Pac-12, if not the worst. And we wanted it to be average. We didn't want it to be as bad as last year, but nobody expected this. And, you know, I think it's really cool. You bring in the type of players. We've talked about it all year. That defensive line. Yeah. Did they struggle at times today? Yeah, but granted, Oklahoma's offensive line was holding a lot. We can be honest about that. But I just think when you look at the direction of this program and the way they did it tonight, just be proud of it. Enjoy it. You know, it, it's a huge win. Ten wins is amazing, Mike. It really is. Yeah, ten wins is amazing. It's also a nice little recruiting tool because, again, you got to remember here in the Arizona football history, this is now the fourth time that this has happened. So. Again, you've got to give them you got to give them a real tip of the cap. Now, again, we got to talk about Jed Fish and how we got here, and we're going to talk about. We'll get back to the game here in a second. Man, I don't know. I would have voted Jed Fish National Coach of the Year because to me, it's not just to me. It's almost an accumulative type thing because, listen, like Ben, like Ben, uh, uh, so uh, precisely pointed out, we were doing this show two years ago. We know exactly what we were talking about when Arizona, to get their one win, to be able to break the 20-game losing streak, relied on a totally decimated Cal team that couldn't field a roster because of COVID. This is now a team that is going, you look at their schedule, Washington is going to be, Washington is in uh, the, is in going to be competing for a national championship. Um, Arizona lost by seven. Now you could say that maybe it was a little bit deceptive. Either way, Arizona was down seven with the ball, still had a chance to be able to win that game. Um, you rolled some really good teams. I mean, how often do you actually see Utah get done in the manner in which Arizona did? Um, and then this Oklahoma team, again, this is not a vintage Oklahoma team. This is a good Oklahoma team. And, um, you know, I wanted to see how Arizona looked from a talent perspective and the fact that you were able to get down. I'm always a big fan, too, and I'm sorry I'm going all over the place here. I'm a big fan of uh, something in sports. I find it more impressive a lot of times when the team that gets out to the big lead then gives up the uh, then gives up the lead, then comes back and smacks you again. I've always been, whether it's in basketball, whether that's in football, in a weird way, and maybe that's just me being weird, I find that even more impressive than just beating beating a team 70 to 7. Get it? <laughs> so um, but there was something about this. Arizona took Arizona took some real haymakers from Oklahoma and then came back. And at the end, they had Oklahoma on their heels. Yeah. 
Uh, and I, I again, I, I I think Ben's point's right in in regards to how you feel about the game, the way that it culminated a really surprising and great season for Arizona. Um, my only points here are you know looking at it from a perspective of where you want Arizona to go and what you want Arizona to do. Not taking away from any of this season, any of the uh, and tonight's performance as well. And there's a lot to be said, Mike, about what you laid out in, you know, Arizona's resilience, I think, becomes very attractive from a recruiting standpoint. Uh, and 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 this team was, I think, 15 yards away from us talking about a talent disparity where Arizona still needs to, you know, do a lot of work from a recruiting campaign, because that was a very real possibility late in the third quarter that Oklahoma is going to go up three scores in this game. And if they do again, then we're, we have a very different conversation about where this, you know, where everything is. And, and I think it would have been fine, but obviously you feel a hell of a lot better based on uh, the, the last 20 minutes and, and Arizona. But Arizona showed resilience to do that and yep. then looked a lot more comfortable and, and more comfortable in pressure situations than the newcomer at Oklahoma did at the quarterback position. And that, that obviously helped as well. And I think that bodes well for the coaching staff, a coaching staff that probably in a bad situation managed not to panic and kept Arizona and played a role in keeping Arizona in a game that looked like it was getting away from them. That's a roundabout answer. And Mike, I apologize for the last tangential roundabout answer where I didn't necessarily answer your question in regards to feeling different about where we think Arizona might be headed. The only exception that I'd take some umbrage with here from a- Take all the umbrage you want, John Schuster. I only want some. I only want some. It's the holiday season. Outside of the holiday season, I'm taking a lot of umbrage. But right now, in the holiday season, I'm in a non-grinchy kind of mood. So there's going to be a little... Umbrage is going to be toned down a little bit. But remember, after 93, when Arizona was 10-2 and two and won the Fiesta Bowl, they were on the cover of Sports Illustrated. So there were a lot of folks going into that season thinking that Arizona football was on strong footing. And if you remember that season they were good enough to be 11 and 1 and had some things go against them. If they're 11 and 1 at that point, you don't know where the trajectory is going to go. I think the better examples more recently, that's the outlier. But I think it's a little bit more reflective of what Arizona could be here. The in 98 when Arizona was 11 and 1, they lost six NFL players and didn't have the depth to back it up. Right. So they regressed. Uh, the team under Rodriguez that won 10 games was pretty much at its peak and wasn't going, wasn't um, uh, stacking good recruiting classes. That just after felt that. like the season that a lot of things broke your way. It, it broke just your didn't way. really You're feel right. like but, it. But it didn't feel like, and I think, Mike, your point is out of that, it didn't feel like Arizona was about to take a grand step. They weren't going to be the next Utah. You know, they, they weren't going to be the team that somehow you couldn't figure out was just winning 10 games every season. Uh, and they, they regressed and then and then clearly regressed significantly after that. I think the good Stoops teams with Foles was that way as well. You know, you got Gronkowski on the roster. He's hurt half the time. But then how many guys on this roster, once they go to the NFL, do you have ready to back them up? This feels like a team that has people in position to be very solid again next year. And then if that's the case and you string together another 10-win season, now hopefully you come much more attractive on the recruiting uh, from a recruiting standpoint. You're in, you play the portal right, which Arizona did very well this year. You get better high school kids, and now you start to string some things together over the course of years. So there's a very real possibility that we look at this game 
as a linchpin moment in Arizona football. And hopefully, from a Wildcat perspective, that's the case, and it makes them a very interesting team in a new conference. That's Then, sure. does this feel like kind of a crossroads-type victory? Of course it does, because, I mean, everything she just said, I mean, you have the foundation, you have the talent, and we can sit here and, and go in circles about, you know, the 2014 team or teams that we've seen in the last 20 years, but the bottom line is, guys, I mean, this team just has really good talent. They have really good players. They have depth. They have a number of different guys who can contribute. It's not just one or two guys on the offense like you saw with Rich Rod, relying on some fluky plays and you know some some scheming practices, right? Of of getting out everybody there, and uh, it's it just it's an entirely different situation here, right? You've built the foundation. You've got the coaching staff in place. You've got the recruiting philosophy in place, and most importantly. You return pretty much everybody outside of Jordan Morgan, Morgan next year, Mike, and you're bringing in a pretty good class on top of that. So the depth is only going to continue. Are things going to come across challenges per se with players and personnel? Of course. But when you look at the Big 12 next year, Oklahoma and Texas aren't going to be there. Um, you look at how they stack up against some of these other teams and they're going to be right there with Utah and some of these other teams. So um, you would hope it only continues. And I, I think Jed Fish in this program, game after game, right? You've seen improvement from all of the guys, everybody from Noah Fafita all the way down to, to both sides of the, the line. Granted, there was some struggles tonight, but point being the development is there. The depth is there and you have no reason to think why it wouldn't continue. Uh, yes, you have a lot. Oh, I just did a, a, a screen. Uh, hold on. Make sure. Oh, I did something wrong there. Sorry. Uh, Jacob Franklin, your presence has been requested by many people. I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. But we do wish him a happy new year. But we do wish Jacob Franklin a happy new year. Now, also, it's now time for the Desert Financial Credit Union. Um, uh, well, it's now time for the fi Desert Financial Credit Union uh, stats of the game. All right, 38 to 24, 562 yards to 383. Um, listen, uh, Oklahoma was able to do what they wanted on the ground. And not only were they are, you know, basically on the ground through the air, but it was the fact that Arizona was able to force turnovers in the yep. manner in which they did. And I think that's the part that's really impressive. This is presented by the Desert Financial Credit Union, Arizona's number one credit union, named by four. Again, check it out. Uh, ben, what do you take of these stats right here? Yeah, I don't really care, to be honest with you. I think I think the key <laughs> outside of turnovers, I really don't care. I right. think, you know, a team like Oklahoma, they they were averaging, what, 500 yards per game anyway. And I think Arizona just, just timed it right in the sense that you force those turnovers and you ride that momentum. And at that point, you put your offense in a position where you can go out there and, and score points. And you saw them do that with that touchdown to Jacob Cowling that gave them the lead. And I almost thought you were going to say Jacob Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob Franklin wishes he was out there. Um, but nonetheless, right, Cowling gives them the lead and you build that momentum. And again, I mean, when, when two teams like this get together, you know it's going to be high scoring. The over-under was, I believe, six, 60 and a half points, something along those lines. So not surprising. Uh, doesn't really matter. The only number up there that matters, Mike, is the six turnovers because nobody saw that coming. That's a hell of an accomplishment right there. Yeah, that's a, you know what I also got to give the staff a ton of credit for is what the way that they're able to develop players. Again, everybody knows about the T-Macs of the world that come in here and are five-star guys. Let's look at a Tanner McLaughlin. Tanner McLaughlin is going to play in the, uh, I almost said the NBA. Tanner McLaughlin is going to play in the NFL. For, this is a guy that you got out of Southern Utah. Um, Takario Davis. We don't have any update on Takario Davis yet, but we will get that. Takario Davis, you saw the impact that he had when he went out of the game. I think that went to the shoes point about the depth. You know, your 6'3 corner. Jacob Mon who was a first-team all-conference, low uh, 
uh, low two star or uh, low two star, low three star, high two star, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I can just keep going on and on down the list. Um, this staff's ability shoe, um, and I think this is where it's a little bit different than Dick Tomey, is it always felt like with Dick Tomey, you always trying you're excelling in one area and then you were falling off in another area. This gets to me where Jed Fish gets this across the board. And I think that's what's enticing about it is you don't look at one, and we talked about this all season, you don't look at one unit out there and say, all right, well, man, if they could ever recruit linebackers or if they could ever recruit, uh, you know, defensive backs, they're pretty good across the board. Now, again, they got to get more depth, but he's somebody that I think understands all of the levels as opposed to just kind of filling one gap and then hoping that another one works out. The vision to breaking it down is pretty interesting. And uh, the ESPN crew talked a little bit about this tonight, how in year one, he went after offense and in year two, he went after defense. And, and, and there was an understanding and, and, uh, reasoning behind the approach that they put into place and clearly their ability to recognize uh, players who can fill positions is very good. And I think one of the things the coaching staff has clearly developed up and down the line very well. Uh, One of the things that I really liked, and I liked it all year long, especially on the defensive end, or at least I thought it was more notable on the defensive end, was Arizona's ability to make defensive adjustments. I thought during the course of the year, a lot of times they'd come out and give up, you know, maybe a touchdown on the first or second possession of the game and then regroup and shut things down pretty well. Even tonight against Oklahoma, they benefited from what I consider to be a one-off game type thing. If you are a defense that has to rely on turnovers to be successful, you're ultimately not going to be a successful defense. That can happen for you every now and again, and clearly it happened for Arizona tonight. Arizona relied on being good defensively in three facets throughout the course of the year, That a defense that was tested tonight by an excellent offense and that uh you know and that and so they needed something else to go their way to be able to stem a tide that looked like again it looked like it was going to get away from them uh but you know what what he's been able to do and I think to your point about him being more highly considered as a coach of the year candidate is that their ability to development to to yeah. develop see talent and recognize how it's going to fit and in what capacity they needed to focus first on the reclamation project that was Arizona football uh, has is something that has clearly worked out very well for them. And now they have to continue the process of trying to convince other players to come here. Ben. And, and I think the difference too, in a game like this is this is one game where things broke away in your direction. You did get lucky at times, but unlike years past with other teams, you have that resume and that track track record to say, Hey, we dominated a team like Utah. We were neck and neck with Washington. We went to triple overtime against USC. Arizona just has the resume. And when you talk about development and when you talk about all these great things, it goes to show and it's backed up in what they've done all year. And I think that's the difference with this team, whereas past teams, you would point at every single game, especially a team in 2014 where you beat Oregon off a of fluky play and just some other things go your way. There was a Hail Mary, I believe, against Cal. There was none of that this year, Mike. By the For the most part, when Arizona won these games, especially against a Utah or a Colorado, there were some struggles, I get it. But by and large, they won it pretty convincingly. And you look at Arizona from a talent standpoint, you look at what they're doing up and down the roster with recruiting and bringing guys in, 
this is a legitimate team and they've proven all year and all season. I think that's what's so special about it is they belong. And there were times, and I think a lot of us thought up until these turnovers that Arizona was not going to win this game. I know Oklahoma was up for two scores there for a hot minute. It looked a whole lot more than that, but a good team finds a way to win. And when you have depth, when you have talent, and when you have guys who are just swarming around out there wanting to make plays on the ball, anything could happen. And you saw it tonight. Yeah, and this is where the portal, we're going to get to the portal here in a second. Bear, uh, Bear 520 down makes a great point about the portal and kind of where we're at. And I, this is also something that's pretty exciting about what Jed Fish and staff are able to do. Now, um, I do want to tell you about Shady Rays, my friends. Shady Rays. Now, you might say, Jed Fish, that's a cool dude. You watch him walking around, mingling with the folks. And you're probably saying the only thing that could make Jetfish even cooler is maybe some Shady Rays. Check it out, Shady Rays. Again, also uh, Jacob Franklin, I believe, has a pair of Shady Rays. So that just goes to show you how cool these things are. Again, exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people and some burrows. Some burrows. All right. Uh, let some burrows cater all of your holiday fiestas, big or small. Order online or find one near you by visiting someburrows.com. Seasons eating with some burrows. Some burrows, again, to find one near you, all kinds of good stuff. Check out their newest locations Goodyear, Peoria, I 17. And again, it, it will find out why family owned and operated and Arizona's most beloved Mexican restaurant. The portal is fantastic. I like the portal. I know a lot of people don't like the portal. I like the portal. And in this day and age, it's a little bit different than what we were talking about in previous years where, you know, you had to get players and you had to bring them up through the system. One thing that fish has shown is that he knows how to navigate the portal as well. That is a big, excuse me. That is a big part of this. Um, you look at last year, Arizona didn't really have a pass rush. You go out and you get after the spring, no less. You get Taylor Upshaw, who brought in, who uh, had almost 10 sacks for you. You bring in Jacob Cowing the previous year. You needed wide receivers. And I can, again, I can keep going on and down the list. Tanner McLaughlin, another one that we talked about. There's a bunch of different ones. The, I think the coaches uh, that understand the portal are the ones that can figure out the stop gaps. And shoot, I think there's every reason to believe that he's going to be able to do just that. Well, that helps too. And I think one of the steps in Arizona's development here is that you're going to have to not just convince these players to come to Arizona, but you have to convince these players that you can come to Arizona because they can make you NFL ready. And that's part of the development process. And if, and if, an, and if a coaching staff with NFL experience can get you developed, fundamentally sound, and help propel you to the next level, or where you get a look at the next level, then I think that goes a long way toward getting a lot of other players, uh, a lot of other potential players and players with better inherent talent uh, into this program as well. What he's done for, you know, a high two, three, four level recruits is very solid. He hasn't missed on a whole heck, heck of a lot of people. And it's given Arizona the opportunity to be a very steady, right now, this was a very steady program. One of the things that I think is the best thing, Arizona does not have the best talent in college football. I think tonight that was clear. But if you stack Arizona up with other teams in terms of non-weaknesses, they're as steady and consistent across the board as most of the teams in the game. And that goes along, that helps you, they've filled the gap. 
They're they're not a team that has been noted you can take advantage of in a lot of different capacities. You know that they're going to come out and play steady, which I think goes a long way toward a coaching staff that gets them ready and understands not to panic, development, and being ready and able to communicate necessary changes during a game situation. Arizona, I think, has benefited from a lot of those things. Hopefully, it's the type of thing that in the next step, not just in the portal, where you recognize areas of need for Arizona, I think the next step obviously happens based on you know solidifying the offensive line and perhaps even trying to find, like everybody does, big-time players on the defensive line. But convincing players uh, you know, who are even younger that this is a school where not only you can, you can succeed, but you can be developed well and give yourself an opportunity to get to the next level. All right, Circle K, real quick. This isn't even on the read, but I got to tell you about this. I went to two different Circle Ks in the last five days. They have the cheapest gas in Tucson. Circle K is where it's at. Again, I will always tell you, there's one on the, the one on the Benson Highway right now is 15 cents cheaper than anywhere I've seen. Also, again, the one that is on Pima. You guys got to check it out. Circle K has the best gas. Keep in mind, it's called a gas station. You want to get the cheapest gas? Also, become part of the inner circle. Ben One White only goes to Circle K. This is true, Ben. This is true. All right. Now, okay. So, all right. Now, looking ahead a little bit into the Big 12, this is going to be fascinating because obviously Oklahoma and Texas are leaving. Those big dogs. I think it's a fun, I think it's going to be a fun conference for the U of A um, because I think there's a lot of Kansas states. There's a lot of Oklahoma states, a lot of, uh, a lot of different schools that are not necessarily great, but they're good enough. And what's also exciting about this is the Big 12 is good enough that if Arizona loses one game, or I mean, heck, even two, with the way that the beat or the playoffs are going to 12, I think you're also going to be in a nice little spot there. Whereas Arizona, I can believe I believe will be competing in the postseason next year, Ben White. It's possible, um, especially given the fact that they return everybody and you stack them up against those teams like you just mentioned, probably in that 12 to 14 range. Um, it's going to be fun. And I think when you look back at the Pac-12 this last year, we were very fortunate in the sense that it was a really good conference. It was, it was probably the best Power 5 conference, just given the quarterback talent you had. And Rising got hurt, and there were some other things that happened. But a lot of fun games. And I think when you watch the way that these teams play in the Big 12, a lot of scoring for the most part, uh, a lot of fun offensive teams. And um, Arizona, again, they have the talent. They have the skill position players to to put up a lot of points. And defensively, uh, they're going to be right there. And it, it's going to be one of the most, I think, compelling uh, conferences in all of college football, more so than it's ever been. And, you know, you lose Oklahoma and Texas. I totally get that. But with what you're bringing in, Mike, I, I think you're doing a pretty good job of, of backfilling what you're getting. And if you're an Arizona fan, you should be thrilled to play these teams next year. Yeah, and that's a big part of it, too, is being able to play these teams. And I think this was also a little bit of a good love. Uh, I think this was a good little uh, omen or omen. I don't know if that's the right term for the Big 12 next year, because um, obviously Oklahoma not leaving on great terms. And um, I am going to be very interested to see how Oklahoma does. I think they're going to struggle quite a bit, to be honest with you, in the SEC. I think they were in a much better spot for them in the Big 12. We'll find that one out, though, obviously. Um, now, back to Arizona, though. You've got the, the pieces that this team has coming back. And I guess this is where it's a little bit different uh, for me in that, as like in the past, 
Noah Fafita is just a difference maker. And we've seen that when Noah Fafita took over at the quarterback position, it became just different for the Wildcats. And you saw that with uh, the way that he was able to move the pocket, the way that he players just kind of rely on him. You're going to have that for the next three years. And then when you've got a quarterback that's doing that, not putting you necessarily in short field positions, it makes the defense a little bit more opportunistic. And they were able to feed off that pretty much all game. And that's something, again, that... Again, I don't want to make it out like Noah Fafita was like the, you know, the savior for everything, but everything just kind of clicks when you got that quarterback in play. Well, more often than not, that has been the case this year. Tonight, it was not. Uh, Fafita had a very good fourth quarter, but Arizona's offense was not as good as Oklahoma's was. Uh, But again, Fafita had a good fourth quarter, kept Arizona around. Let me me challenge you. Let me challenge you on that. Oklahoma turned the ball over six times. That's it. Well, Sure. But they also had almost 560 total yards of offense. Arizona did not have 560 total yards of offense. Fafita was under pressure. I don't think it was Fafita's fault. I think I think Fafita was up against a line that Oklahoma did a very good job of exploiting. Throughout the course of this year, Morgan was a bigger difference than I think we understood. And and with him not in the game, uh, I think it showed Arizona had to do a lot of maneuvering on the line and Oklahoma was able to take advantage of that for most of this game today, especially in the second and uh, third quarters, Fafita struggled and he struggled not because Fafita was necessarily making bad plays, but because he was rushed on the line, which has happened to countless quarterbacks at Arizona over the course of decades. It's not unusual for Arizona to have offensive line struggles, but I think it brings up the important point that ultimately across the line, Arizona, you know, hey, it's it's not unique to Arizona. A lot of schools want to get better on the offensive line, but it showed how important the line is and how special maybe Arizona had one lineman who went a long way toward a trickle-down effect that gave Arizona a little bit of stability in that regard. What I really was hopeful with, and, and I think we got it tonight, I'm glad this matchup happened and that Oklahoma, aside from the very important position of starting quarterback, showed, gave Arizona kind of a preview of what Big 12 offenses are about. So this was a nice kind of introduction to what you can expect. And and I I look forward to the adventure. And I think the adventure is going to be very competitive. We, there, there's the... Oklahoma, Gundy's been at Oklahoma State for what, 20 years now? Yeah. The program. And they're always going to be in a top they're 15. All, they're always 20, good. Yeah, yeah. That, that, there's got to be a reason that they're, he's, he's still there, right? Uh, right. Uh, other than wearing a mullet 15 years ago. I mean, you, you know, Oklahoma State has good Texas and Oklahoma area talent, and a lot of skilled players come out of that region, and they can move the ball. And there's a, in addition to, you know, the way that things pendulumed in the Big 12. It's not just that they had terrible defenses. They also had really good skill position players and still do. TCU is a year removed from being in the national title game. And yeah, they got rolled by Georgia, but they were undefeated up to that point and had to win a game to get the opportunity to get rolled. So it's not like TCU's bad. Right. It's not they're 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 Baylor. Baylor at time, I don't know what to expect from Baylor from year to year, but sometimes they're pretty damn good. Uh, they're up and, and the Kansas schools are better. It's I, it, like the, you said, it's a, it's a journey. It's that, a, it, yeah. it, it, I think it's a journey and an adventure. And, and I think Arizona has put itself in a very interesting position here, but the skill players and the advancement of evolution on the offensive end 
is something that is going to be challenging for them. And, and, and I'm interested to see how they answer the challenge and whether being steady across the board is enough to parlay another 10-win season. All right. Now, you might say to yourself, uh, Mike and Ben, now we're going to be on the radio again tomorrow. Now, probably won't need some OGs to go to sleep, but either way, check <laughs> you it out. We might. Actually, maybe we will. Hell yeah, right? <laughs> going to be on so, in five hours. <laughs> I was going to say, right? To learn more about OGs gummies and where you can find them, head over to OGsBrands.com. And um, again, check this out. Uh, you got the creams, the fruits, their mouth-watering uh, raspberry oranges. There's something for everybody at... Uh, there's a, something for everybody at OGs. Again, you will thank me later. And like I said, the Arizona Lottery. The Arizona Lottery, my friends. Check it out. This is a, a great opportunity. You can put down $1 sometimes to get up to $500,000. All kinds of good stuff at the Arizona Lottery. Get your scratchers. Excuse me. Get your scratchers. And not only that. Um, go out and buy your holiday scratchers today. Find a retailer like our friends at Circle K near you at Arizona Lottery. Must be 21 years or older to play. And one more, Desert Financial Credit Union, my friends. DFCU. Okay, here's the deal. When you go open a free checking account online, get $200 in bonuses. Get started by visiting desertfinancial.com slash 200. All kinds of good stuff. Join a credit union that is committed to giving back to the community and sharing success with their members. There's a reason they've been around so long. Check it out. And again, you will thank me later. All right, guys. This to me, for Arizona, this was a massive, massive win. You get to 10 wins. You, uh, you, you outlasted an Oklahoma team that... Um, you know, say whatever you want. They four, they four, six turnovers and Arizona thinks going to end the year, probably ranked around 10 or 11. And I think they're going to go into next season ranked in the uh, preseason top 10. Again, as Arizona fans know with football, we've seen, uh, we've seen letdowns. This just feels a little bit different to me. Schuster, then Ben White to close this out. Uh, Mike, uh, I'm, um, you know, you love the comparisons and the rankings and all that stuff. So I will uh, give you a little holiday gift here. Uh, where do you rank this in terms of Arizona program victories? Um, gosh, that's a great question. Um, I, I think the Fiesta, the Fiesta Bowl to me will always be number one, just because it was the manner in which it happened. That was the first real. It felt I, I wasn't around for Larry Smith, obviously, but it felt like that was the first real great borderline team at the end of the year with the that Fiesta Bowl team, that team could have beaten anybody in the country at that point. They were that good. I think you then got to put that Nebraska game in there just because that was the only time Arizona finished in the top five in the country. Um, those two obviously really kind of stick out to me. You've got, then after that, you've got the seat, you've got the Cecil game against ASU. I get all that, but this is right there. And especially if this thing keeps going in the manner in which uh, I think it could, I think it's got to be certainly on that. It's got to be certainly in that top three or four there, shoe. Yeah, I I would flip flop your one and your two. I'd put the Holiday Bowl ahead of uh, the Fiesta Bowl, but they would be the one and the two. Uh, then you're then you're talking about. And I had this discussion from somebody else, so it's fresher in my head than I expected. Uh, the Washington win against a number one Washington team, which I think was 92, uh, where Washington came here and lost 16 to three. That's in the conversation, uh, but. I think you can favor uh, some Oregon wins are in there. They knocked off Notre Dame. They got an, uh, a win against Oklahoma many Washington. decades ago. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, obviously that Washington game in 92. Uh, but um, this, I, I think you can favorably argue this is three or four. 
with linchpin yeah. possibilities of being the type of game that we remember if Arizona takes steps to a next level and can be consistently in the conversation of actually being a good football program. Right. What do you what do you say, Ben White? Yeah, I would say it stacks up against there. And I think it's really going to be more telling more so what happens next year. How do you build off of it? Today was fantastic. This program has gone through hell. Fans deserve it. The players deserve it. The coaches deserve it. They've worked so hard the last 24 months. It's not easy to bring in an entirely new roster, essentially, to overhaul everything and develop these guys and get the right guys from the transfer portal and navigate the whole NIL process as college football is is changing every single day while you're trying to go through this entire rebuild. So I think what Jed Fish has done is remarkable. And the fact that you're able to keep most of these guys going into next year, you keep guys healthy, you have a number of different guys from a player standpoint that are contributors. You don't just have guys sitting on your bench that are on your roster. I think this team is is very deep in the sense that you're willing to get guys experience and it pays off when you find yourselves in situations like you did tonight where nothing's going your way on both sides of the ball. At times you feel like you're being pushed around, but somebody like Martel Irby really was the hero because he turned around and created that momentum with some of the turnovers. Gunnar Maldonado, same thing. If Gunnar Maldonado would have listened to all the naysayers and and, and, and took all the criticism to heart. Maybe we're not having this conversation. He's somebody who's come a long way. And I think this season shows us it's not necessarily fair to judge somebody one to four games into a season because if you stick with them and you believe in the coaching staff, uh, they can save you down the line. And, and this program is very special. It's something that I think fans need to enjoy. There's things to work on nonetheless, but I don't want anybody to think about any of that tonight. Just enjoy it. You won. My goodness. Arizona won. We are a double-digit to win season. Again, I think Arizona could be somewhere around 10. I'm just throwing that out there. All kinds of good stuff. As always, though, you guys are the ones that make the chat. I really appreciate all of you. My bad, Gunnar Maldonado. I will... um. Again, I will, uh, Dennis, I will sing on the post game tomorrow. You have my word. Um, but again, this was absolutely a huge win. You guys are all fantastic. Again, thanks for bringing us through here. It was a great football season. So for uh, the venerable John Schuster, the precocious Ben White, I am merely Mike Luke, Jacob Franklin behind the scenes. And again, again, a big thanks to all of you. We'll be back with you tomorrow on the AZ Wildcats uh, podcast post game show.